Making connections. Affecting the culture. Just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. What is wrong with teenagers today? Right, that's a question that comes up. <laughs> you can't really ask that question we without laughing. We only have 10 minutes. I know, <laughs> I know. But you know what? It's a question that comes up over and over mm. again, especially in churches all around, especially American culture. Mm. And I think part of it is that we have this idea of teenagers that's really a really poor stereotype. It, it comes from TV, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. It, well, it comes from TV, but it also comes from culture. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mm. really come from, from inside the church. And so what we're going to focus on today are what are some of the issues that teenagers do face within the church, but also what are some issues that the church faces with teenagers? Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a such an important question because you know what teenagers are the future. As scary a thought they as really they are. may be, you know yeah. that they are the future, and whatever we invest or don't invest into them, that's we're going to see show the fruit up. of that. Yeah, that's going to show up in the absolutely. Future. Yeah. But I, I also I have to say this too though. Teenagers aren't just the future. Teenagers are the now. Yeah. That's, and I that's think also that true. when yeah. we look at it, we look at them as if they're future Christians. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're future servants when mm-hmm. really we should be teaching yeah. teenagers to serve mm-hmm. now where they are. I'll tell you one of the things that, that and I, you know, as we started talking about doing this program and focusing on teenagers in the church, I, I have to confess a regret that I have mm. because I now I'm married, I have a full time job. Um, and I have three children. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of free time. That is and what little true. free time I do have, I love to read and watch Doctor Who. So <laughs> I don't have just a whole lot of time. But when I was a teenager in high school, oh my goodness, I had more time than I knew what to do with. I know, yeah. And I'm like... I was ignorant and I <laughs> wasted. What did we do? Oh, my goodness. Nothing. We did nothing. That was a problem. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason that I was able to waste all that time was because I didn't have somebody coming alongside me and mm-hmm. saying, here's a good way to invest your time. Yeah. Let me invest my time mm-hmm. so that and teach you to invest yours. And that kind of leads us to the first point of what can, how can the church, we're going to do this in two different segments, yeah. all right? We're going to focus first on what the church can do for teenagers, and mm-hmm. then we're going to focus on what teenagers need to be doing for the church. So one of the first things that I think the church can do for teenagers is make an investment yeah, and make a, trying to think of a really good word here, make a, 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 a uh, what is the word? Conscious yes. investment. <laughs> <laughs> so because we have to do that, if we just say, oh, somebody's going to do it or, oh, mm-hmm. I'll get around to it later, guess what? It's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's the challenge that I face as well, you know. Yep. That if if I see a need and I see tons of other people around me, I'm like, sure, at least somebody else sees this, you know. You know, I took an, a, a first aid class when mm-hmm. I was in college, and that was one of the things that they said. They said there, there's the bystander effect. Mm. You see a tragedy happening. You mm. see someone, you know, in a car wreck or somebody choking, and your assumption is somebody else is going to call 911. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is calling 911. It's on you to do it. Right. So either that or you order somebody else to do it. Make sure somebody's doing it. So the point is, do something. Invest in these teenagers. Mm-hmm. I read a great article in talking about three ways that the church can serve teenagers. And one of the ways is get to know us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the writer of this says, love can't thrive where stereotypes and misunderstandings reign. That is profound. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, I wish we could get this author... Her name is Jaquel Crow, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm, we're going to have her in the next segment, so <laughs> stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. The second one, I'm just going to go over these really quick. The second mm-hmm. one is don't underestimate it. Us, don't ed- underestimate us. She says, don't stifle us with low expectations. Mm-hmm. Expect that we want sound doctrine. Yeah. That's coming from a 19-year-old. That's good. And the thing is, I think that when we give low expectations of people, 
we get low expectations. We yeah, get low results. They will rise to whatever bar you set for them. That is yeah. absolutely right. Uh, the last one is teach us. We most definitely mm. need you to teach us. Come yeah. alongside us and humbly demonstrate what it means to live for Jesus. Yeah. So one of the biggest things is we need to see the gospel lived out, and we need to see that through mature mm-hmm. believers. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio, and we're asking the question right now, how can the church serve teenagers? But we're going to kind of transition now into how can teenagers serve the church? Because mm. I think this is one of the things that we don't often talk about. And it's because we do have low expectations of teenagers and even young adults. I think that in our culture, mm. we have this idea of um, of adolescence. Yeah. And it has gone on into 30 years old. Mm. And that's ridiculous. Have you seen that? Like, oh, Do you yeah. think that that's the case? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I understand some of why that is because right now at 24 years old, I still feel the same as I did when I was 16. Mm-hmm. You know, that never changes. And you're, you know. You don't like, like hit this switch and yeah, all of a sudden all of a adult. sudden you feel like an adult. No, that doesn't happen. But it is a tra- tragedy because um, we're, you lose so much um, for on, on both sides of the, uh, of, the, of the issue. I mean, the church loses. Uh, and the individual Christian loses. Um, I would say, like uh, the one of the most important things for a teenager to how a teenager can serve the church is by um, in their own life, in their own walk with Christ, nurture that, uh, saturate yourself in the Scriptures, because what the church is is a is a body made up of people who are following Christ. And if you're not, you know, following Christ with all your heart, that's going to um, show in. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It impacts everything you yeah. do. But yeah. I'll say this, um, you know, my parents always told me when I was a kid to choose your friends wisely yeah. because you will reflect them. Mm-hmm. Well, I would go a little bit further and say, choose your mentor mm-hmm. wisely. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'll tell you this, we're working right now on the 2018 annual copy of the yeah. Engage magazine, which we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, you've got an article in there titled, We Need Mentors. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also on the website. So if you want to go read that, We Need Mentors, uh, it's available at engagemagazine.net, but kind of walk us through, like, why do we need mentors? Because I think we have to answer that question before we can go into what we need to look for in a mentor. Yeah. Well, when you become a Christian, um, no matter what age you are, when you Mm -hmm. become a Christian, you're a young Christian. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And you do need a mentorship of an older Christian because what it is, it's a journey. And and there are people further along than you who have been where you are. And um, you, you, we all have the scriptures. We all have that. And that's the roadmap. But there are people who have had more experience in that roadmap than you have. Mm-hmm. You need that desperately. That's something that God has given to you as a gift. And if you neglect it, you're, lose, you're, you're missing out on something very crucial. I could not agree more. Yeah. And the thing, you know, one of the things I think we kind of, uh, I, I think I kind of skipped over this, is we, we do tend to focus on how can teenagers serve the church mm-hmm. but i think that there's something even more fundamental more elemental how can a teenager serve the family mm. because if a teenager is not serving in their family mm-hmm. they have no business serving in the church and that's such a radical idea a teenager serving the family <laughs> and, and here's the thing we're not talking chores mm-hmm. chores are just responsibilities yeah. that's just part of being a family but how can you serve your family you know one of the big things is that you can do you know just it's gonna sound a little crazy Offer to babysit your younger siblings mm-hmm. so your parents can yeah. go on a date. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, or take on other people's chores or, you know, offer to lead a family devotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many ways that we can serve in our families that as teenagers, if we were to do that, I mean, it would be a huge blessing to our families. Mm-hmm. But also, 
when we're doing that, when we're serving our family, our parents are going to begin looking for opportunities for us to serve the church. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to to ultimately go. But we also can't stop with the church. Jordan, how can we serve our communities as well? Yeah, it's just a natural outflowing it of is. what happens when you serve the church. Um, you, whatever fills you up is going to overflow. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to be noticing needs in your community. You're going to be noticing I don't know, the old couple who lives down the street, they're not able to get out as much. You're going to want to go minister to them. Um, maybe the group of kids who walk around the neighborhood unsupervised, maybe mm-hmm. you can join up with them, see what they're doing, see how they're doing spiritually, uh, and be that um, cool older kid who comes <laughs> on and is a good influence because right. if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Yep. You know, I, I remember um, I was in a church uh, when I was a teenager. I was looking to go off to college, and I told my pastor, I said, you know, uh, I had actually surrendered to youth ministry, and I mm. said, I, I don't feel ready mm. for anything. I don't feel <laughs> like I'm ready to really do anything in my life. And he looked me dead in the eyes and said, grow up. Mm. And I said, how? <laughs> exactly. And he yeah. walked away. Yeah. He had no answer to that question. Wow. And so I cannot leave this discussion, Jordan, without us discussing the question, how do we grow up? And I think one of the best ways mm. is mentors. But I think another way is being intentional. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things I've learned about being an adult is that it comes with intentionality Mm -hmm. and purpose. So whatever, pray about what, what the purpose God has for your life, find your purpose in scripture and be intentional about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good response. So, in the next segment, we are going to have Jackiel Crow, uh, author of The Teenage or How the Gospel Transforms the Teenage Years. She's a wonderful author, extremely articulate, especially for 19 years old. She exemplifies what we've been talking about here serving the church, serving the community, serving you in the next segment coming up on Engage Magazine. 